1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta.
2: I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey.
1: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never
2: compromise. Drink responsibly.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast and videocast, if you happen to be watching on YouTube uh it is Monday November sixteenth uh and after week ten Chris uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on uh, my theme for me was like some of the the foreseeable stuff happened that I didn't give it enough weight whether it's weather or injuries uh, or just cover like wide receiver corner matchups things like that happened I knew it could have happened the possibility was there and I didn't weigh it enough
2: yeah but it's funny. It's like sometimes people bench or reduce exposure in DFS, for example, to stars like DK Metcalf, and they're like, "Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's guarding him. You got to reduce." And then he goes off nonetheless, and you're like, "What the hell?" Yeah. So it happens both ways. The weather, though, I think, I think with the weather, it's all the marginal guys, and the matchups have to be punished. I think with the DK Metcalf or someone like that, um, you never know how it's going to go. I guess it hurts a little bit. I mean, nobody really torches Jalen Ramsey, but a couple guys have had all right games against him. And I think part of it was just that Russell Wilson, he was sacked six times. He was just like under assault the whole game. Yeah, he was so, running for his life.
1: Uh, and one of my theories is that without a credible running game, you know, t- people are just teeing off on Wilson. When they don't have Carson, they don't have Hyde, you know, it, those running backs, as, as it turns out, actually do matter a little bit. We barely saw any DJ Dallas. They decided, for some reason, Alex Collins was a thing yesterday. Uh, Their offensive line isn't the same. They had some injuries last week and, you know, Buffalo made them run ragged. And I think that is a a big aspect of it there, too, is they are failing to adjust to that, uh, you know, or just it's they're overwhelmed right now. And of course, the Rams are a bad team to be overwhelmed against.
2: Right. It's a road game with the quarterback getting sacked six times and being under assault all game. And then he's supposed to get those long developing routes to Metcalf. There's one where I thought Ramsey kind of interfered. They showed a replay. He was kind of pushing on him a long way down the field yeah. and Metcalf dove and got his hands on it and, and just missed it. But he's also throwing, you know, he's got to get rid of the ball earlier because there's, there's so much pressure. Maybe he puts a little more air into that and that's a touchdown. So it's hard to factor in everything. I mean, the Rams have a good defense overall, one of the best in the league and Wilson's line is in trouble. And as you mentioned, the running backs don't exist. And he's going against Ramsey. So maybe all those in totality should have been considered. Uh, if you have Metcalf, obviously in a season long, you're not going to sit him against anybody. But like, you know, if you're using him in DFS, but I wouldn't just say like, it's obvious. I mean, it's kind of, there's a lot of things going into that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But as Metcalf and Wilson go, so goes my
2: primetime team.
1: So right. know, it, it hurts. Uh, especially because I lost OBJ. I have Rojo on my bench. We'll talk about that in a second. So
2: did I. Two of my three leagues that I have on my bench. I mean, you can't, you, you can't count on them. I mean, you get benched any moment for, you know, you can get six or seven carries in a game. It was very hard to know. Yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, but, yeah, and the, the other thing is, so that was, I thought, you know, there was some foreseeability to that. But you're right. There are, you know, sometimes you overcome that, too. You know, Stefan Diggs overcame the Patrick Peterson matchup, for instance. You know, he was able to overcome that. Uh, so on
2: the last it, play, on his last play, basically. Yeah,
1: but he had like 90 yards, and he had like eight, eight or nine catches, maybe, maybe even 10 catches. He wasn't catching a lot of deep balls, but yeah, that last catch and that last throw was pretty sick, uh, only to be overcome by Kyler Murray, of course, but, and Hopkins. But uh, Yeah, anyways, uh, going back to the weather, though, it was funny, though. The weather was an issue. The Cleveland-Houston game, you know, good players were shut down. You know, Deshaun Watson was shut down because of this. Fuller pretty much was shut down because of this. The entire
2: Houston offense was just, yeah, horrible. Yeah, that was uh, that was an ugly game, and obviously Chubb, is, you know, could have got a second touchdown and uh, really run up the score for me. And I needed those points. And due to a glitch, I actually had Mayfield in that lineup instead of Danny Dimes. I was trying to switch, but it was like right before lineup and the. The internet was slow, and I couldn't get him in. Oh, no. So I lost 17 points, almost 18 points from that, and then Chubb. But I still won because uh, Alvin Kamara uh, solves a lot of ills. Yes, he does. So that was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, what, you know, I mean, obviously, when you have a Mayfield type or a Landry type and the weather's bad, bench without conscience. I mean, there's no, there's no reason to even hope that it's going to go well, right? It's, it's right. only the Metcalf-Wilson types that you – that you would adjust from you know that you would be hesitant to adjust if there's something good that comes up.
1: Yeah, I don't even have Watson or Fuller in any of my leagues, but like in terms of my rankings, like I downgraded and went Watson moved Watson down from like five to ten, but it wasn't enough, you know. And that's the thing. It's like, oh, but then again, you look at Pittsburgh and it didn't, the Steelers did just you know they they may not have had as extreme weather issues, but they had weather issues too, and it
2: certainly didn't hurt Ben and the Steelers. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, That's a weird game, though, because the Bengals shut down the run completely and then they just said, okay, fine, we'll just torch you pass. And then all three. Yeah.
1: They were down to three healthy corners.
2: Mackenzie Alexander
1: suffered a concussion concussion in that game. They had other injuries prior to that. Uh, Trey Wayans hasn't played a snap all season long for them. That was one of their big offseason signings. Uh, You know, and it just, uh, I think it kind of was a cumulative effect. Plus, the offense and special teams were so terrible that the defense was on the field the whole time. Like the Bengals shut down the Steelers' first couple of drives, but it just kept on like three and out, three and out, three and out, fumble on the punt. You know, it's just, come on. You know, that's just, it's all over after that. You know, you just, and it just got uglier as, of course, the game went on. And Burrow was getting beat up at the end of that game. Why he was in there, I have no freaking idea, but, you know, I'm not a quitter. Okay, great. Well, you know what? The head coach has to be the adult and say, you know, you're coming out. You know, right. there, there's nothing left in this game. They wasted a fake – a sweet fake punt play in a game where they're already down like 30 to 9. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing
2: that? Is, that, is Zach Taylor a crap coach? He's kind of desperate now because he knows he'd get fired at the end of the year, wants to get a couple of less lopsided loss. I mean, what's he doing? Like, why is he doing stuff like that?
1: He's a vast middle, but, eh, you know, he's certainly nothing – Special, you know, he's making some decisions I'm not very impressed by. I'll say that.
2: So, yeah, because the the Joe Burrow thing, and you tweeted about it, you know, that he's going down the Andrew Luck path or yeah. the D- David Carr path, both number one overall picks, also, and he's got so beat up that I mean, Luck was great, but he's so beat up. I mean, if Luck were still around, he'd be one of the best QBs in the league. You know, I mean, he's an amazing quarterback, uh, but he just had to retire early because he just couldn't take the beatings. And it seems like a perfect game to get him out of there. The other thing is the Bengals are not contending, unlike the Giants. So there's really <laughs> no reason to uh, <laughs> there's really no reason to force it at all with them. And, what, and also AJ Green, five targets, no catches, no yards. T Higgins lighting it up. I mean, it's over for AJ Green, right? I mean, the only yeah. reason AJ Green got as much work as he has is because of his stature and the organization and who he was. But they know now, right? They know this is it. Like they, all that sort of happy talk about, Oh, he really looks like himself. He looks great. We're excited to get him involved. Like it's T Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I mean, John Ross won't play cornerback. I made a joke on the real man Wood uh, account that he should uh, roid up to left guard. Real man would roid up and play left guard. Right. John Ross, um, take quite a bit of roiding for him to get to left guard, but you could do it if you really, uh, if you're a real man, But point is like it's T Higgins and it's Tyler Boyd. That's it, right? That's, that's who their top guys are now
1: yeah i think that's right um i think that aj yeah and i i lost on that the the debate for sure i'll have to take that l um but uh yeah there's games where he looked like he may have had something but then even in the games where he's productive like he didn't have that extra gear like there was a game i think it was the cleveland game there was a play in the end zone he he comes down with the, the like uh, that catch more often than not, but he just couldn't. He just can't get that separation. You, know, you get a good corner on him. you got Joe Hayden on him last week or this past weekend, and he just can't beat that and you know T. Higgins is the man, Tyler Boyd's got a future uh, they 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 need to get parts around you know um, you know and they didn't have Mixon yesterday. I think that kind of hurt them a little bit more. He mattered uh Geo right. didn't do a whole lot. Uh, dropped a pass late on. That was the play where he's at the very end where Burrow's limping off and they kick the field goal down 36 to seven. You're like, come on, what are we doing here? But, you know, why, why is he in there in the first place? Why, you know, are we going to kill him just for the sake of a field goal? Come on. Uh, but yeah, it's tough. But the thing is, they, you know, one side overcame the weather. One, you know, the Bengals were the team coming off the bye too. You would have figured, okay, they'd be all Jones up ready. I know they had some COVID stuff, uh, but just, they they weren't, they weren't ready in any shape or form for this game. The Steelers just
2: overwhelmed them. Um, So yeah. Yeah. They they Uh, played like they were like fully symptomatic with COVID the entire team. There was something about it. Uh, Baltimore, New England was the other weather
1: game. And that, you know, you could see at the end, I mean, pretty transparent how much of an impact that would have, but you know, you know, New England adjusted pretty damn well. Uh, They, they, they had it kind of dialed in offense and, you're starting to see things here i talked about the bengals and their cornerback issues the ravens had some issues on their defensive line no clay camp clay campbell yesterday and i think another guy that got hurt in the middle the, you know early in that game and they couldn't stop the pass from running it right down their
2: throat i mean every time on first down they were getting eight yards yeah beast head and damon harris looked good and uh I mean, New England, it, Them when you think about them laying seven on the road, I don't even think the weather was that big of a factor. I mean, obviously it hampered the passing game, but for both sides, it's not like Lamar Jackson is Joe Montana in his prime. It's like neither one of those guys is really going to lead with the passing. You know, it's mostly scrambling and making a pass play as needed. And so it was a game that the Ravens were suited to play, right? They Lamar Jackson is a, a guy who can take off and, and beat you in getting those five and six yard consistent gains and, and just be unstoppable. Uh, and he did okay. I mean, Lamar Jackson wasn't terrible and he made some good runs, but, um, some annoying alarm going off. Do you hear that in the background? Nope. Oh, good. That's a very directional. mic. is working. Uh, so he had some, uh, good runs and stuff. He did throw that one pick. The guy was covered. It was a kind of a, a foolish throw, but it was just, you're right. New England just had a good game plan. And a lot of times, you watch football and you're like, what does New England have? You know, they're like Jacoby Myers, Cam Newton, Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris. It's very kind of uninspiring. But, um, you know, remember there's this rule that if you get, you get four chances to get 10 yards and if you get it, you get a new set of downs. And the Patriots really seem to understand that rule very well. And they know how to take – and the Colts did too on Thursday night, which we didn't talk about. Like the Titans were better. Like A.J. Brown had a drop and oh. – Derek, Derek Henry was gashing him for 20 yard runs, but who cares the culture going on fourth down, like six times. And they kept converting fourth downs. It's just like, if you can just keep getting three yards, every play, you get a first down every time you can't be stopped. And there's something to that where the sort of grinded out style, short passes, no mistakes, consistent early down four or five yards, six yards on first down. it, it, it wins games. And I think that because we're like, so enmeshed in stats and yards per play and indicators, like overall per play averages matter. But like we, we lose sight of the fact that like sometimes football is just about smashing the other team for that three or four yards consistently. And who cares that the other team's making the dynamic, amazing plays in the end, they made a mistake or two. Obviously the Titans got a punt blocked and a bunch of other stuff happened. But, um, the Patriots just seem to like know exactly how to beat this particular team.
1: Yeah. And, you, you know, there's a
2: critical sequence.
1: The end of the first half, you know, the, the Pats had like a super easy drive to get that second touchdown. Like it took them like four plays. You know, like, right. And, and, and then the Ravens are turning around. They're driving the two minute drill. They're, they're making progress. And Lamar threw that one bad pick where he targeted Hollywood Brown, who could not get open all day long. Right. Uh, you know, Jackson had him smothered Like smothered right. I, You could barely even see him like, like the, the He might crangled, not be a mutter A, a previous he's not a mutter. just ended up in an incomplete It's like, who's he throwing it to? Oh, there's Brown He's hiding behind him there First of all, he's small Second, yeah, right? he had yeah. no separation I'm like,
2: he's nothing special I can't start well, Hollywood Brown anymore Well, no, a lot of people are saying that. I think it's that he's not a mutter Like, he's a fast track guy So put him on a clean track Good grass or like you know, turf yeah. and he's ridiculously fast. But if you're like in the mud, maybe he's just not, he doesn't have that like lightning maybe. speed, but it's slippery and rainy and he doesn't have that spring. Um, I'll, I'll say a thing about him is he's going to go off again this year. It's just going to be on your bench. Yeah. That's the problem with him. No, that's right. He's going to Rojo you. <laughs> I legs. Rojo 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 me pretty bad. Yeah. Two, two out of two out of three leagues. I bench him one for Jarek McKinnon another one for Jonathan Taylor. No, it wasn't Jonathan Taylor. Thank God. No, it was Jonathan Taylor. Um, and that, you know, that's horrible. But, it, you know, it is what it is. I mean, that's that's the reason why Rojo's not a third round pick or fourth round pick. At the draft is because he didn't have the stability. And not only do the non-stable guys lose the job easily, they also are hard to start. And it's just it's why he was a seventh round pick and should have been a seventh round pick.
1: Yeah. And especially when you've got Bruce Hot Hands Arians uh yeah. is you know the the guy that's uh, making that decision any given week uh so that that is super frustrating but you know the thing is that that interception that uh, Jackson and he should never have thrown that ball brown was never open once on that right. play was not open yeah and you know it just killed a drive they were going to at least get points yeah you know, and cuz you got Justin Tucker who's super automatic even in this driving rain right down the middle
2: right. and, if, if i have Justin Tucker in every league and i was bummed you know i had the the Pats with the points, but I was like, the Pats are going to cover this. I want Justin Tucker to hit this. Yeah. I'm going to get another field goal of this. Yeah. A five point field goal. He's going to drill. And you know, the thing about Tucker is I took him early in a bunch of leagues and he's great. Never misses, but a, the Ravens offense has not been as advertised and B everyone else in the league has caught up to Justin Tucker, not entirely, but like 90%. So next year I'm not going to take Tucker where I did because he was an anomaly. He was the only guy doing that. You had – what's the guy's name in uh, Tyler Bass? He, yeah, he fifty four plus, yeah. No, uh, but they weren't just 50 plus. It wasn't like 51, 53. It was 54, 55, and 58 in the first half. Yeah. It's bananas. Graham Gano just got a contract extension for the Giants. Do you know why? Because he's made 21 out of 22 field goals this year, and the one he missed was from 57. That's Jason how good. Sanders
1: hasn't missed this year for Miami. I, mean, it, it's, I, I thought he missed – did he miss
2: one? Oh, somebody missed one for the first time. Maybe, he just he missed missed one, one, maybe I missed that, but uh, I think he I missed one for the, the first time. He hadn't missed. But the yeah. point is, he's awesome, you know. And They all are. Will Lutz. I, I mean, there's there's a million guys kicking from 57, 58. These guys are kicking at 90% on the year, and, the, and that's including 55-yard attempts. Right. It used to be guys were at 80%, and, you know, they never even tried a 50-yarder. The, the kicking is so out of control. And so Tucker started this wave, but it's – you know, that you can't say he's, you know, he's better, but he's better by, you know, barely better. And his offense isn't that great. So I'd still take him as the first kicker, but it's like by, you know, I wouldn't take him in the 13th round. I'd take him in the 18th round, 17th round now. Yeah, you're right. Sanders missed yesterday.
1: I, I, I somehow that, that escaped my attention, but he's, uh, but still. Uh, you know, Bass, at least he's missed like eight kicks. So, you know, but like Sanders is 20 for 21. I mean, you know, that that's pretty impressive. Five for five from 50, seven for right. eight from
2: 40 to 49. That, right. Th- these guys are hitting at a at a ridiculous pace from distance. This is like if the NBA it, were shooting threes and they were shooting 50 percent from three. You know, it was like right. shooting a two. It was, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Or, or if, it's like if Steph Curry, you know, it's those guys who are. Um, 40, 50, 90 was the thing in the NBA, 40 from three, 50 from the floor and 90 overall. It's like that where, yeah, you're, you're shooting a ton of threes and you're 50 overall. Like that's insane. Like you should never shoot 50% from the floor if you're shooting that many threes, but these guys just got that good at shooting threes, a few of them. And that's how these kickers are. It's like a, it's like a new world that we're in.
1: It is. It is. So the what I wonder is, you know are they train? you know obviously they they're doing something that's training differently they're they're something has changed in terms of the evolution of kicking and it's happened recently very recently all of a sudden all these guys are so much better and you know yeah. tucker is an, uh, you know he, he may have led the way and maybe they they're, they're they've copied some of his training methods who knows but the fact is they they're they're developing differently because when so many guys are like that right something it's it's like the drive
2: line of kickers you know, right. where all of a sudden they, they've got more kicking velocity or something. Yeah, but it, it, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to investigate and get whatever that pill is that they're taking. You know, It may not be just kicking that gets enhanced, Jeff. Might be, Chris.
1: Might be. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. never too late to try to improve yourself. There is there exactly. Never know. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Absolutely, there <laughs> could be unpredictable things. Too, yeah, yeah, unpredictable things Yeah, there's unpredictable things. You know, but yeah, then everybody's sure. going to catch up to you, and then it will be that's right. Again. Well, you never know, though. I mean, you know, it might be a lag for a couple of years while the the general public gets in on it. That's right. Uh,
1: Quick note before I move on. Uh, Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet. And that's why smart bettors use PropSwap. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $500 in bonus cash. Just use promo code ROTO500. That's promo code roto O five zero zero, 0 0 and PropSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. Talking here with Chris Liss. I'm Jeff Erickson, recapping week ten and uh a lot of stuff that's ha- happened so far. And uh Chris, uh want to talk about some injuries. Drew Brees gets hurt yesterday. Uh bruised ribs, and they said it was an accumulate. it wasn't just that one hit that was a shaky call. You know, they the, the got his full that's weight so, that was on That so but he, so nutless monkey. he didn't.
2: Yeah, and like, come on, don't just don't treat Brees like a like the eggshell plaintiff. You know what I mean? It's like you know, they don't treat Newton like that. And I'm not saying it's like a race thing or anything. I'm just saying it's just like Newton's a football player. He takes a hit. You know, obviously, if he gets a helmet to the helmet, the call it. But he takes a big hit when he's moving around. They don't give him ticky-tack things. Don't treat Breeze just because he's small and slight. He's and playing the NFL. And, yeah, the yeah, exactly. An esteemed veteran with all that. You know, don't do that. You know, this is the NFL. You, you suit up in the NFL. Don't say then, tw- oh, look, he's played 20 years in the NFL with incre- you know, incredible durability and whatever. It is true, but only if he gets the same rules as everybody else. Yeah. You know, if that guy gets smacked around, he gets smacked around. You know, he, he's not a baby. He's a grown man. Like, that was really annoying, and it was definitely because of who he was. It, there's no way they call that it. Even if it's like Andy Dalton, they don't call that. No, especially if it's Andy Dalton. The Bengals never get Dalton right. <laughs> gets absolutely abused, and nobody cares.
1: Yeah, Burrow got there were two hits on Burrow with, in the two minute drill in the second in the second quarter where he got hit late. You know, he got hit like one was late, another was like full body. You know, weight on top of him, sort of thing. They didn't call either. They called a low hit against the Bengals on on uh, on Ben by on another play where he got knocked into him, and nope, oh, nope. Ben looks so slow. for it's a, you know. But
2: ben is some so teams slow, never though. get those calls, it feels like. But anyways. Uh, but Jeff, yeah. Jeff, you watch Ben. He is so slow. He moves so poorly. I'm watching that guy. He is, just has nothing. I mean, he threw the ball well, but he's slower than Rivers, I think, at this point. And yet,
1: they couldn't get him down. They just they couldn't knock him down at all. It was crazy. He, he'd limp his way into you know, open space and connect every time. Yeah. It was just repeating. The same movie that I've seen for the last 10-plus years and it's over and over he always carves us there there is a stat 28 the last 28 games against the Steelers the Bengals versus the Steelers the Steelers have scored 23 times in in the final 2 minutes of a half 23 out of 28
2: that's crazy yeah. you just even have the ball right that's right. I mean, that, that they probably – they should show of the times they've had the ball, it's probably 23 for 23 or something probably, insane.
1: Probably. It, it's, it's ludicrous. They just – complete ownership of us. Complete other ownership. Okay. But Breeze is going to miss some time. And I'll tell you what. They didn't look good
2: after No, Breeze. Jameis looked disconnected. He looked no confidence. He was having trouble handling the snap. Even like handoffs were a bit of an adventure. Like he did not look good. Now, I'm sure with a week of practice, it will be better. He's – Played a lot of quarterback in the NFL. He's not some guy who's, you know, he's played for five years as a starter in Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. So he knows how to play quarterback, but, uh, it's a new system. There's some pressure being on arguably the best team in the league. I think he'll be okay. And I think you should pick him up, but it did look shaky. You have yeah. to say.
1: And there's a more Taysom Hill than where you even used to. Uh, so I might have to rank Taysom Hill in my rankings this week. I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, you know, he's been very involved the last couple weeks. They love themselves from Taysom Hill. I always love it when a
2: Taysom Hill play goes bad. Am I, is that bad? Me? <laughs> no, everyone hates Taysom Hill. Yeah. Everybody hates that dude. The thing about Taysom, he's just so eager. He's like the Scott Hansen of uh, quarterbacks. You know, he's like so excited to get on the field. It's like mm-hmm. it's a little annoying, and everyone gets so excited. The announcers get excited. It's It's like Rudy, the movie, you know, but like every time. <laughs> Uh it's a little bit stupid, but he's pretty good at what he does. It's funny how like quarterback is really a hard position. It's actually not hard if you're a quarterback and it seems like it's never been easier to play quarterback, but then it's hard if you're not really a quarterback. So it's like they signed Jameis because they know that Taysom Hill cannot be a backup quarterback. He just doesn't he's Tim Tebow. Right. He literally is Tim Tebow in his prime. But he just doesn't have the quarterback skills to go through reads and make the you know, he can do like one thing, get the ball and run really fast and hard make a cut or pitch it to somebody or throw to the guy he knows he's throwing to ahead of time. But it's just funny that like, he just doesn't have the goods to just be the quarterback.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, and some of that might be also kind of evolution too, because he's trained in this hybrid
2: role and he's not being developed like a typical quarterback either. So he can't pick well, that. Why up. wouldn't they? I mean, they never, they, they never like, like they paid him all this money. You'd think, Oh, in addition to all these trick plays, he's also our backup quarterback. That would make, you know, perfect sense. Like Jalen Hurts is the backup, may actually be the third string. It's hard to say with the Eagles, probably the backup. Um, and he'll occasionally, not as much as Hill, get used. Uh, but it seems kind of uh, a luxury to have three players who are the quarterback. And it would seem like if Hill were capable of I mean, Winston's no superstar. I mean, they brought him in and made him the backup when Breeze got hurt. Right. Because Hill clearly can't do it. I mean they they would have just used Hill if they could. I I think you're right. But it's kinda of funny. Like Jameis is kinda of like Dalton
1: in that, you know, how veteran that we can just slide right in, there'll be no drop right. off and <clears throat> there was a drop off.
2: Yeah. Well it was it was one half of one game and True. I don't want to get too you know, I mean they'll get a week of practice in and, and we'll see, but it was, it was shaker than I expected. Way yeah, shaker. Uh,
1: and, you know, the thing is, against an opponent that was missing a
2: ton of their players on defense in the Niners. But the defense dominated them. I mean, dominate, but played pretty well. I mean, nobody did anything. Yeah. You know, Kamara got some receiving yards. Michael Thomas, dude, I, that guy. Like, what's wrong with can't guard Mike? I mean, it's like can't get open. Seven targets, two, two for 27. What a lost season for him. You know,
1: the thing is, in the run-up to the week, he was limited in practice Wednesday and Thursday again. I mean, he's still not right. It's kind of like when Kamara came back last year. You know, you're kind of like, all right, he's not the same guy. Uh, and also, then you take away Breeze. It's even worse because, you know, a lot of Thomas' is timing, right? You know, yeah. precise well, route, Bridgewater. Ride, throwing a guy open, and you get a substitute his- quarterback.
2: You can't. You don't have that timing. But he got his with Bridgewater last year. I mean, it was a That's teeny drop-off. So Bridgewater, maybe Bridgewater's just more, you know, Bridgewater is kind of like Breeze. He's like the short throws. He's accurate in the short areas. He doesn't make a lot of stupid plays. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's more similar than Winston. And Winston's kind of the opposite kind of quarterback.
1: Next three weeks for the Saints. Falcons at Broncos at Falcons. You know, these are good matchups, good matchups. You know, Winston might be worth something in, you know, a full week of practice. Keep in mind, he's not getting reps in practice that much. Although Breeze was limited with a shoulder in his own right this week, too. So maybe there's there's something to that. But anyways, I I thought that was noteworthy. News out of Carolina uh, right before the show, Adam Schefter or right before the pod, uh, Adam Schefter was saying that, uh, that Christian McCaffrey is unlikely to play this week against Detroit uh and again, they lost they 're down to three and seven any any little fleeting playoff hopes they m- once had when they were three and two those are gone you know they they, they 've been on a big losing streak Bridgewater's banged up their defense got shredded yesterday i uh, I could see them just saying with McCaffrey, okay unless, you know, unless we have you 're a hundred percent you 're not playing period.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's really no reason to push it. I mean, players like to play. McCaffrey, um, you know, sure. they just want to play. They want to accumulate career numbers. They want to just do what they do. Yeah. But if, but there's one thing, like, I don't think they will shut him down if he would play. I, I don't think they're going to say, we're out of the playoffs. But he's totally healthy, but we're going to shut him down. But I could see a situation where it's like Michael Thomas is kind of coming back and maybe he's not quite himself. Right they're not, I don't think there's a point of playing him in that situation, and he might not play if his shoulder's like okay, but not great, yeah. could, would play if playoffs were on the line, they will send him out so you you figure like that'll that could be a few more weeks, and you're right. I mean, at what point is it just like, well, the shoulders really just needs rest for about a month or two, and then it'll be hundred percent might be the end of the year. sometimes these things end up needing surgery they're like, yeah, you end up needing surgery at the end of the year
1: yeah, that's true, you know and you know, and they and it might even be like, okay, this is normal to play through this, and it's normal to get surgery at the end of the year. It's just the progression we do in the NFL, but it does affect players, and sometimes and some players are more affected, hurt playing hurt than others. Some can, you know, you know, that ninety percent can still do what they do. And McCaffrey might be that way. He, play, he played really well against the Chiefs, but yep. again, you know, it's, well, he hurt the shoulder later in the game. I think I think he was yeah, healthy for true. a bit and then that's true. Um, All right. A couple other things we want to talk about. But uh, before we do that, let's uh, share a quick note from our friends with BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website, and once you make your first sports wager, You'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, welcome, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right. Uh, thanks to BetMGM for that. Uh Couple other games I wanted to talk about, Uh, notably, uh, you know, the Arizona Buffalo game. Can't believe we haven't brought that up too much yet. You know, it's just uh, the—I mean, what an ending! I know we mentioned a little bit at the end, but uh, first of all, Allen with an incredible throw uh, to to Hopkins. uh, I mean, excuse me, to Diggs with the go-ahead score late. That was a really nice two-minute drive that they pulled off. Some crazy stuff that happened earlier in that game, but that was a sweet drive. Only to be topped by the the Hail Mary, which just you should never lose on a Hail Mary. But what a perfect grab by Hopkins. I
2: mean, unbelievably strong hands. So I think the throw is almost sicker than the catch. I agree. Because because he's he's under pressure and he's running to the left and then he has to stop and chuck it back toward the middle of the field a little bit. And he's got to get it into the end zone, which is, you know, 50 yards or whatever, 45, 50 yards. And he's got to do that with one step and a fling. He doesn't, he can't like wind up and really throw it. So it was the fact that he just got that into a catchable zone. You see quarterbacks running for their life on that fourth and whatever, or time running out and they throw it out of bounds or out of the end zone or something. And you're like, ah, dude, come on. But that I see them do that when they're not even under that much duress. He was under so much duress, got it in a place where it was still a, a hail Mary, but Somebody could catch it, and Hopkins. I've seen him make acrobatic catches. I've seen Odell Beckham make acrobatic catches, but this was more like Clint Eastwood in The Unforgiven, where he's just like everyone's panicking, and he just like calmly shoots and kills them. Yeah, everyone's jumping off balance, you know, reaching, flailing, and he just like calmly puts his hands up, secures, focuses, secures the ball, squeezes it, and pulls it down. Doesn't drop it. Like it was just very simple. The dude just doesn't lose focus, has complete poise, control, and great hands, strong hands, and just grips it, and that's it. Yeah. And all these guys are reaching for it, but they're all just kind of like panic, jumping, flailing, and he's just like calmly in the middle of the whole – there's like three bills around him, by the way. It was, there was no other Cardinals there. Right. And he just goes up and gets it, and he's not even that tall. He's like six one. I don't even know if he jumped or just, I, I did he even jump. He just yeah, kind of, he reached. did. He high pointed it. That, oh, that was okay. part of the thing but, but that he made just it so amazing. It's just like, it, it was no bobble. Even he just kind of like got his hands around it and, and pulled it down it in. Yep. Yep. and cradled it against his belly and all that. It
1: it was, it, it was crazy. You're right. This, the throw was incredible too. Uh, just every, everything about that sequence was pretty wild. Uh, Earlier in the game, the Bills had the
2: lucky interception off of Fitzgerald's hands on the ground and all that. They had to review it, and I was so lucky and so stupid. Yeah, like it was a bad throw behind him. Okay, it was a great play to even get his hands under it, but just unluckily, you know, and it might have hit the ground, but there's no angle at which you could prove that it hit the ground. So mm-hmm. it was legit. I mean, the call was right. Yeah, it's just one of those bad bounces, and they were they were up. Uh, well, I don't know. They're four, and they were driving. In Arizona, in Buffalo territory, and would have probably got a field goal at least, and maybe more. But the thing is, they after that the Bills punted, and Arizona punted again, and then the Bills got the touchdown. So you can't blame it on that, but it was just as kind of fluky as the hail mary in its own way, changed things. It was a crazy game. I mean, I'm, you know, the Bills kicker made three fifty-five, fifty-four plus yard field goals in the half. It was just a, a crazy game altogether. All yeah,
1: and. Kingsbury almost cost the, uh, Arizona this game. They settled for that super short field goal on the first drive of the game. Again, he, he, he's been doing that a lot this year. And when you got this offense, just run the play. You just, I, 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 It's going to cost them another game. It cost them the game last week against Miami. It cost them, I think, a little bit against Detroit. I thought well, Murray was just bad in that game, too. Uh, but this is a team that is on the cusp of being really, really good. But they're also just this close to like giving away games and I think it's going to come back to haunt them in, in a big game later this year
2: they're interesting there's there so many teams like us. like the Bills are one of them the Seahawks are kind of one of them although they look worse now the, the Cardinals are one of them these herky-jerky crazy teams I mean even the Ravens and Patriots like mm-hmm. I don't know you know how good the Patriots are but they may get back in this it's like there's it's like the Patriots actually did have a credible offense. They had a rhythm to their offense actually yesterday, but um, there's just, these teams are just slinging it around, like run around the quarterback runs around like crazy, makes a play here, makes a play there. I mean, there's, there's just like, there's only like one chiefs. There's not that many teams that now like, you know, the saints were like that, where they would just drive methodically down the field you know, you know, it's going to be insane. Is the Bucks? The Bucks defense is overrated. I don't think they're as good as they showed early in the year, and they've been exposed. Even Carolina early on lit them up, but uh, the Giants should have lit them up, but for a couple of misthrows by Danny Dimes, and of course the Saints did. But that offense, Brady missed two long open touchdowns, yes, one to Gronk, one to Antonio Brown. He still had three touchdowns passing, one rushing, three hundred something yards. And you have Antonio Brown and Gronk are not thirty-five; they're thirty-one. These are Hall of Famers. Antonio Brown, if not for the off field stuff, would easily be a Hall of Famer. And Gronk is a Hall of Famer. So you got two Hall of Famers and then two Pro Bowlers in their prime. I mean, Mike Evans is always hurt this year, but he and Godwin have been banged up. But Godwin right. looks healthy now. That is like the craziest configuration of talent ever. There's four guys that are just ridiculous. And Brady may not be peak Brady, but he's still pretty good. And the running backs aren't bad either, and the line's pretty good it's just uh it's insane what the bucks have yeah they just need to avoid the saints
1: you know the saints are their kryptonite but yeah that's true uh well and then they lost that thursday night game against the bears and that was a weird game too uh so i that that one i'm more willing to write off as kind of a one-off there uh but yeah they they it's so funny our narrative changes back like Okay, well now that the the Bucks look like the contender again, and the thing is, it's because there's not that one dominant team. I mean, the Rams could easily be the best
2: team in the NFC. For uh, their offense sucks. Their offense sucks. It does suck, good. but it, it, yeah, their defense is so good. Their that, defense is good, but defense won't. I don't think defense is going to carry the day in 2020. Defense like you would have world. to. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the it, in the 80s you had the Giants and the Bears, and in the 2000s you had the Ravens. And you had the Bucks and you had the Broncos that year that Peyton won the Super Bowl for the second time. Mm-hmm. And those defenses just carried the day. Um, there was really not much offensively on most of those teams. And the rules but, were different then, too. Yes. You could kill the quarterback. You could make more contact with the receivers. It's way different. Yeah. I just don't think in this day and age that the defense can carry the day. It helps to have a good defense. And obviously you see what happens to Russell Wilson or any quarterback when they get repeated pressure. But – I think like the, I don't, maybe the Rams have enough offense to with the defense, but I don't, I I don't think they're going to, I don't think the Rams are a serious contender. I think they're good. I mean, there's nobody like so good, but I think you need to have an offense that's pretty darn good to, to survive. Last year, the Niners defense was pretty good. Uh, and they held Chiefs to ten points with ten minutes left, and then they just couldn't hold it together. They didn't have enough offense to keep Mahomes off the Garoppolo field. Garoppolo hits that throw to Sanders, though, last year the game's all over. Right, which is it? They didn't have the quarterback to make the throw. You know, they didn't have the offense, and, I mean, that and, they didn't, and that was their margin right there. But that was, but it shouldn't have come down to that one, you know, one play. Yeah, because they had so many chances to get a few first downs and win the game, and they just couldn't, you know, get they couldn't keep Mahomes off the field. And finally, you know, the dam broke. They held him down for. 50 minutes and they couldn't do it. It's hard to win mostly on defense. I think unless you have enough offense. the Steelers have enough offense. It looks like yeah. we'll see what, what, what shape bends in by the end of the year, or another month of beatings. Right. Um, but uh, I, I think so the Rams, maybe they get something together offensively. I mean, that three headed monster running back is a disaster for fantasy. I now it's like, it's like unplayable at this point.
1: Well, yeah, it, it is, you know, the attic, it was more convenient when acres was buried. Uh, right. Then, then, yeah. But Henderson got a touchdown at least. Brown got two, but uh, the yards just aren't there. If you don't, you know, so you're, you're completely touchdown dependent on having any sort of value.
2: And you don't know who's going to get it. Could be acres getting two touchdowns next week. I mean, right. we, we just have no idea who's going to get that. And it's not predictable. And I just think that's, you just kind of like, okay, those guys are just emergency. They're like Jonathan Taylor. It's Jonathan Taylor, Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines had a huge game, but. Are you confident in him going forward? Oh, Probably not. What a headache. I'm getting
1: a headache just thinking about that again. Uh, man,
2: I gotta have Rankings tomorrow. Yay. Uh, and, yeah, those are just crapshoot. But then the Ravens are even worse. The Ravens are totally unusual. Yeah. Because Lamar Jackson's the fourth running back. They have four guys. Yeah. Like like imagine a four way committee and trying to figure that out. Yeah. I'll say there was one positive
1: development and that was Detroit. DeAndre Swift unequivocally yes. was the man uh, and looked the part too. It's funny how that works. You give this like you spent this high draft pick that's got a lot of hype, and he's shown flashes. Give him a
2: workload, and weird things happen. Oh, you scored a lot of points. Weird, strange. Huh. It weird, it's weird how it takes. It's like Matt Patricia comes around to the obvious ten games into the season, and it's like, come on, like everybody would have said, just start him right away. You didn't need to sign Adrian Peterson. Why does it take you ten weeks to get to where everybody was in week one? But and the it's, it's, oh, yeah. he he did kind of
1: come around after their bye week, the Jacksonville game. It was a coming out game for Swift, but then we went back to, like a third, a third, a third. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, football team really disappointed me. I, you know, their pass defense first of all was bad. Stafford yep. carved him up
2: without Kenny
1: Galladay. Uh,
2: well, there are some cheap stuff. Chase Young got like a, he got like a rough in the pass. Like, there's so many little tiny. Yeah, there's so many like drive. Somehow they, they failed to solve the, solve the Marvin Hall problem. Uh, and, yes, you know. I know. Scott Jensad, very tough crowd. Very I tough know. crowd, Jensad. I uh, I did justice that he would... Come yeah. on, man. But uh, On Your offense... only good pun of all time, and he doesn't even give you credit. I know, I know. Thank you for appreciating Art, when you see it. That, I, thank, no problem. Yeah. No
1: problem. Uh, I'm a connoisseur. J.D. McKissick just got another target while we were talking. They Alex Smith was like the super check down guy, and, until like the, the second half, and they finally went away from him. But he got like 15 targets for 43 yards. Yeah. I, that's
2: just wasting plays. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, they're like handoffs mostly that aren't going anywhere. Right. Um, I don't know what, I don't know. They had 391 yards, had a ton of attempts. The whole thing was kind of dumb. Like that, uh, the last drive for the. Forever. It took forever. It took forever. And also, it was like kept getting aided by all these cheap penalties. Yeah. And it was sort of like, let's just let the refs email us the result. Let's not let anyone get hurt. You know, it's like, why are we watching this? Prater mercifully put an end to it. I had the the football team uh plus three and a half so i was really glad for prater to win by three and just take the risk of overtime out of it so that was it wasn't a wasn't the best game on the slate to say that much
1: that, that football team's two minute drill with which started with like two two and two in change literally took like 20 minutes because of all yeah. the penalties and out of you know incompletions and all that just it dragged, and never once were they threatening the end zone. Not even once did they even come no. anywhere near throwing to the end zone. They settled for like the forty-five yard field goal. And, you know, it's Dustin Hopkins. He has not graduated into the good kick. No, he's still he's ends.
2: still from two thousand twelve kicking yeah. school. Yeah, he, he he's definitely one of the old school types. So, but so where do you put Swift now? I mean, like, would you take Swift or Miles Sanders rest of the season? Sanders, but I. am sure I, I, about it's that? It's closer. I mean, this was Sanders' first game back. So I, I want to. Yeah, he looked healthy. I watched the game. He looked healthy. He looked perfect. He dropped a pass, maybe two. He got vultured at the goal line by Corey Clement, but he looked fine I and mean, he moved well. He yeah. wasn't like he didn't look sluggish, but you know, I mean, the Eagles' offense is pretty bad. Yeah, they it's are. Pretty, Wentz it's is pretty bad. It's I mean, just, he's on the ropes, Wentz. I mean, he tries hard, but it's it's ugly. You know, he's. Well, He's, some you know, of this is familiarity too. They just played the
1: giants three weeks ago. Right? Bradbury's really good. I think that's,
2: uh, they, they tried to at fourth and 10. It was awesome. They tried to throw it. Bradbury just easily broke it up. Third and it was ten like, and nope. fourth and 10. It was like, what are you doing? Go like, anywhere else. Yeah. But, and you know, it was also Panda. I, I got to defend my guy, Dave Gettleman he signs Bradbury. That's a great signing. I mean, every team in the league wishes they did that. I mean, Slay has been good for the Eagles. There's a few guys, you know, Jalen Ramsey trading for him was obviously a good move. Uh, but uh, Leonard Williams has been good. Yeah, you know Leonard Williams is good, and they, We're they the like a second round pick. No, it was a fourth round pick, I think, or a third. It wasn't a second. It wasn't a what second. It was a second for some reason. No, it was not. It was not a second. Okay, but they, that, that was Mohamed Sanu that the Patriots did. Oh, that was. They traded cool. this pick, and they're like, "Why are you trading for him?" You know, he's a free agent. You know, but then they franchised him. They're just paying sixteen mil. But they're like, you know, Getham was like, "This guy's really good." He was like the sixth overall pick a few years ago, and he saw something, and he'd been yeah. hurt a bunch. And now this guy is like borderline dominant, you know, he's been good. And so, you know, that team, you know, that Joe judge is punting on fourth and short and plus territory for God knows what reason, but they play. I mean, they they got blown out by the Niners that one game, but mostly they're in it with Tampa. They're in it with the Rams. They uh, beat the Eagles. They should have beat them twice. You know, this is not, they're in it with the Cowboys. They should have beat oh, the Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys, though. Was, they, the first half was with Prescott, at least. At least, but,
1: yeah. I, I was going to say, you know, this, that, that almost looks like a bad loss now.
2: But, yeah, it's like, oh, it's, a, it's disgraceful. I mean, the football team could have beat them twice. They, the football team went for a touchdown. It went for the two on the first game and failed. Yeah. And the second game, they barely beat them, but they, the football team had five turnovers and none. So, I mean, it's not like they've been dominating anybody. But they are a credible NFL team and they, they've beat the Eagles and they swept the Reds, the, the uh, football team. And if, if I think if they beat Dallas in the the second matchup, they'll probably be favored. Although Dallas's defense played better last week. Um, They may, you know, they may have the division tie break too. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's in play. Yeah.
1: Eagles still get one more chance to beat uh, the Cowboys though. So there, there is that, Uh, but yeah, they're, they're in play. One of those teams will be in the playoffs. We'll just find out about that.
2: Uh, What are you going to work on on East Coast offense this week? Got anything in mind yet? Yeah, I might write about how, uh, you know, when you're a kid and you watch football, like it's very – it's just very simple. Like you just take it at face value. You're like, okay, this team won. They had more points than the other, and the touchdowns are really important. Like you're like, oh, he scored a touchdown. It's like a really big deal and uh, you kind of think the team that won is better because they won, right? It's just simple. You watch the game. I remember being like seven. I mean, oh, this team's better. And It was just really cool to watch the games, and you get a lot of satisfaction from it. But then you learn a little bit more, and forget about all the business with the reviews and replays and ticky-tack and non-calls and all that. But even just like the indicators, you start being like, oh, wow, this team won, but actually they had a block punt, and which when you're a kid, you're like, that's a great play. They blocked a the punt. Yeah. you just taking a face value. But like when you're older, you're like, no, nah, they should have won. They got a block pun and two fumbles. Like that's just lucky. And you start to look at it like that. And I was just thinking out like, you know, indicators are about predicting the future. The only reason indicators matter at all, because we don't, we don't score games in indicators. We don't score it in yards per play. It's not like the team that has more yards per play with. So the team that has more points is the metric. That's the only metric that matters in the game. But if you're going to predict tomorrow's game or next week's game, then better than whoever won who had more points is these indicators, right? So we start saying, oh, it's the indicators that are important. I want to be good at predicting, so I'm going to look at these, not the points. But people screw it up because they're like, during the game, they're like, well, they won, but it's crap because these indicators. And you're like, yeah, but dude, those indicators are only predictive for the future. The actual event itself is not something you're – it already happened. So the things that would predict the event once the event has happened are stupid and irrelevant – and as a result, I feel like we, we're not able to watch a game and enjoy it as much because we're constantly looking at things that don't matter for the present event. The indicators only point in one direction, forward in time. They, they put forward. So if you're in the present game, those indicators are totally meaningless. It's just what happened on the field. Not if, only if, that, but,
1: you know, that fake punt that worked, that's a fluke. You know what? They worked hard on that. They planned that. They practiced right? that. You know, the little things like that they they teach their players how to strip the ball better you know things you know it, there is there is yes fumbles are luck turnovers are luck but some players are better at that some coaches are better at that
2: and that stuff is where you win on the margins a lot of times too but also even executing a, a 30 yard out is or 30 yard that's pretty deep 15 yard out is luck i mean if if you don't you know i mean it's skill but like the defender has to be set up properly the ball has to not be tipped at the line that you have to have enough time to throw. I mean, there's luck involved in some of these things that are even skill, right? Just as say, they practice. It, it may be it, what we're saying. We say luck versus skill. But this is more repeatable. We can compete this. You, he, they can complete this pass reliably. Now six out of 10 times, not 10 out of 10 though. It's lucky they made it this time and not another time. You can reduce everything to sort of luck and probability. And Oh, and that punt fake is, you know, that they're never going to try that again. It's not repeatable. It's a one-time thing. But I think all that misses the point because all of what's luck versus skill, that whole debate that we even have, is only relevant in the context of predicting, right? Because when you predict the future, you want to know what's repeatable. You want to know what's not a one-off. But every game is a one-off. It's over the game. You can't start predicting stuff. Oh, but this one predicted the future. Well, who cares? That's the future. You can use that to handicap next week's game. But in this particular game, the result is the only thing what, what, what should have been, would have been, could have been is over. And so I feel like in a way, the naive way of watching the game, not only is it's more enjoyable, but in some ways it's more accurate because we're not missing the present for what it means for the future. It's like being a person who can never live in the moment of what's actually happening and always looking at what this moment means for the next moment. Mm -hmm. We're, We're never sitting. And so I feel like, um, you get into this with, with, with a lot of different things in life and Politics and everything else, but it's like sometimes the uh, the in put it, uh, just to sum it up, the indicator is only worth it as a predictive tool. It has no meaning in the context of the event itself, especially when the event is over or going on. It only matters for the future. And so uh, I just thinking about some of these games that are super ugly, or the Patriots, the way they slogged it out in that way, and you think, well, that's not a good team. That that can't. And you start thinking, well, but. You know, they, first of all, they, they always manage to figure out ways to make it ugly like that if they need to, um, and also there's the first down rule and and the fact that you can get a three yard gain every time. Anyway, it's something along those lines. Maybe I have to scrap it if I can't articulate it properly, but that's what I'm working on.
1: All right, very good. Well, uh, good stuff there. We want to thank everybody for listening. We want to thank uh, Prop Swap and MGM for their sponsorship. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we got Joe Bartell and Jake Litarski going to do uh, Free Agent Tuesday. Please, as always, subscribe, rate, and review our our podcast. We thank you. Take care. Have a great day.